What's up, all you dads and dads-to-be out there? It is Davo here on another episode of the Fearless Fathers Podcast, the growing dad podcast, so you can break the generational toxic traditions that no longer serve you, so you can be a better dad, husband, and just an all-around good person in today's world that's so damn crazy. I said it. It's Davo here. Ryan is sick. He's not with me, but you know he never does any of these interviews anyway. That's right. We're doing an interview today. Uh, because we haven't done anything else recently since Ryan's been out of it. I've been out of it, but we're rocking and rolling today. I have Miss Lenora Edwards. She is a personal communications coast and coast coach and board certified speech language pathologist. Big words in the first 45 seconds of the show. This never happens. She has been a clinician for over a decade helping little ones and us, you know, not so speaking dads as I'm doing today. Uh, speak their best through their online site known as Better Speech. This site is an affordable speech therapy website. It's all online. What is better than doing all online? And it's been around before the pandemic. So they've been ahead of the curve for quite some time now. And it links you with all of these clinic licensed speech therapists from all around the country. So obviously, Lenora decided to sit down with us and talk to us about Better Speech ways that we could find these signs and symptoms of speech delays in our little ones, maybe in ourselves, how better speech is helping thousands of kids around the world, not just in this country, but around the world, the generational traditions about speech therapy for our little ones, because we always know there's something in there and a lot, lot more. So Lenora, I want to thank you for being on the show. It's an absolute honor to have you today. Devo, thank you so much for having me. And what an amazing introduction. So thank you very, very much for that one. That was absolutely awesome. I want to let you know, I only wrote that in about 15 minutes. (laughs) Round of applause. Phenomenal. So So speaking of round of applause, before we start getting into the heart of the show, before we started recording this episode today, guys, we found out that Lenora and I only live about 45 minutes apart from each other in northeastern Pennsylvania which is absolutely out of this world. We had no idea until we started talking. And apparently in Northeast PA, if you've been around here and a lot of the people know, there's the Bloomsburg Fair that's going on. That just happened. We both happened to be there right around the same time. But we never would have known that we each other existed until today. So that's just kind of out there and kind of crazy. That is pretty awesome. I love that synchronicity. That's absolutely awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So as we're starting on the podcast today, I'm going to start you off with a question that we ask everybody else. I didn't give you these talking points because I don't do it this way. I usually ask this to our dads, but I'm going to ask you this. What is one of your funniest or favorite memories about your father? Oh, about my father. My father always still to this day, thankfully, he's still alive and well. Um, Great sense of humor. Very, very phenomenal sense of humor. And even when you were sad, he was able to to bring you out of that pretty easily. So that was one of my favorite things about him. That's awesome. And I can kind of see that sense of humor is like radiating today. So before we start this episode, so absolutely. (laughs) That's a great question. What's yours? Wow, I've never been asked that before. I don't know how I don't know how I feel about this. I've been stumped. This is this is messed up, man. No, and honestly, it had to be. So I'm a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan, as our uh, listeners know. And yeah, I, I, I oh, see the looks. Okay. I get it. I respect it. You know what? That's fine. It's it's it be what it be. Podcast over, whatever it is. But uh, one of the one of the best moments I have is actually my dad and I. We watched Emmett Smith break the all time rushing record together. Wow. We we happened to go to the gym around the same time. I was about 11, 12 years old, and we were watching the game there at the gym. And then we came home and we watched it. I just still have this memory of like sitting up, sitting next to the couch. He's on the couch, and I remember him 
plowing through the uh, Seattle front for like the two yards that he needed to break the record. And that's just one of those memories that will always stick with me. What an amazing memory to have. And I love that even even if you wanted to relive it, it's recorded and you can play it over and over again. Yeah. That's uh, so cool. 100%. Yeah, it's absolutely awesome. Oh You're the first one out of like 100 episodes to ever ask me that question. So thank oh, you for that. You're welcome for that. I'm glad we have such a happy memory. Oh. But like I said, in the beginning of this episode, we're talking about better speech and what better speech is kind of where it came from. So Lenore, I know you've been doing this now for decades. Can you give us more of an idea what better speech is, where it kind of came from and kind of what the philosophy or the idea is around it? Better speech is actually a phenomenal company of which I've I've loved for many years because not only is it local where I am in the state of Pennsylvania, but it also goes across the U.S. and it also goes internationally, which is phenomenal Wow! because there are so many people that need communication and need assistance with their communication, whether it's for speech intelligibility or for memory or for swallowing. There are so many people that benefit from our services and better speech was online long before the pandemic. And because of that, we're really comfortable with being online. And we've been able to reach so many people in so many different places that could not get services before. That's that. absolutely astonishing. And like, so like we talked about before, like the pandemic really hit a lot of, cause for me, I'm always seeing doctors with my health issues and stuff. So it's like when video visits came, I was like, yo, I don't have to leave my house. I could wear basketball shorts all day. Let's go. Let's go. I'm all about this. So Absolutely. has that like seen a massive uptick because like w- what was the thought process between like doing online before the pandemic to like now and what what has what have, what are those differences been? When before the pandemic people were a bit more hesitant about being a therapist online because it really you do need high quality audio and you do need high quality video to really be able to effectively communicate and because that was already established with better speech it has only gotten better because people have gotten more comfortable. They were forced to become comfortable with it in that situation where something might've been slow to progress over time. Initially, we might've been like 10 years before really getting like your health appointments being online. It changed in such rapid time. And so many more people are getting different quality of care and better care because of the effectiveness of being online. Yeah. And it has to be one of those crazy things too, because it's like, I, I just know like going into doctor's office, you're waiting for the, you're waiting for the appointment. So you're sitting on your phone for an hour, the doctor's backed up, you're kind of doing this whole crazy thing. And then you got to wait to schedule an appointment. And then it's like, oh, and then you have the appointment for a half hour. You're sitting in this dark, dank room. And then all of a sudden you leave. So now it kind of like brings a lot of that from what I could understand, like with speech therapy, it's almost in that same clinical setting, Absolutely. but you're really taking that away and just kind of making it more comfortable for, for your, for your clients. Absolutely. So even if we were, I've worked in inpatient clinics, outpatient clinics, I've worked in hospitals, I've done quite the, quite the wide variety. So even if you think about, okay, I need to get to speech therapy by 3.30 with my child, you have to get them out of school or wherever they are. You have to sit in traffic, go through the parking lot, go through the check-in process. And even if it's a half hour appointment, this was taking almost an hour and a half to two hours of your day. And at, at the rate that people are moving and shaking at, we don't always have the ability to throw two hours into that process. So now you have Zoom. You can get online on your computer. And how much more effective is that? You transition out of one activity, you get on speech therapy into the next activity, and you save so much time in your day. And the quality of your life improves because you've saved time, you've saved stress, you've saved all this running around all over the place. 
And you also, the, I love better speech with being online because not only do I get to work with my client, I get to work with a parent. So they're getting the information. Whereas at some point I would have asked them to step into another room or they would have been in the waiting room and they would not be able to hear and see what I'm doing and understand why I'm queuing the way that I'm queuing. So it's really just, it gets better and better and better and better. It's like a confetti cannon. That's, that's insane. I had no idea that parents were never allowed like in a speech therapy session with their children. So it depended on, on the kid. Absolutely. So like that, that alone takes away a massive amount of pressure, anxiety. Cause I know for my wife, if she's not strapped to my kid in a doctor's office, she's (laughs) not sitting there. So I completely understand that aspect of like, I need to be near my kid. I need to be able to know what's going to happen and like the cues and the signs. So it kind of gives a lot more of that, um, interaction between parent, Mm -hmm. clinician and child. So that way everybody could kind of be on the same page at once. And we get more of the carryover very consistently because now, even if you have your child sitting down in a structured format at the table, you know that you're seeing them. You can also hear us very clearly and how we're cueing and why we're cueing the way that we were and what we're doing with them. But then we also get a chance to sit down and talk with the parent if they have any questions. Because if I was in an outpatient setting and I had your child from 3 to 3.30 and I bring them out at 3.28, I don't have the luxury of that time to sit there because I usually have somebody else right there. So it's like, hi, you did great. Bye. (laughs) And it's not even if they had a question, oh, is this what I should be doing at home? And another phenomenal thing about Better Speech is they have a practice library. So when we give homework or we say, okay, we'll practice this at home or do something with this activity and how to integrate it, you learn so much with the practice library because you're playing a game. So you're bonding with them. They're having fun. You're getting your practice in and it's building that supportive connection of communication and that, hey, I might not be doing something really well, but mom and dad are here with me. And we're making it fun. Which fun is awesome because obviously that's like most of this podcast, right? Absolutely. We might not know what we're talking about, but we're having a good time doing it. That's exactly right. (laughs) But no, that's that's absolutely (laughs) astonishing because it it, it is one of those things that I firmly believe that when you – when you have the parents involvement, like I'm going to take school, for example, because my little one, he just started pre-K this 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 year. And I, I've been always a big believer that parents need to be involved in the child's education. Like you're pretty much the CEO of your child's education. And like there, was, there was so much of the teacher has to teach the kid and kind of raise the kid. But really, it should be the parent-teacher relationship should be there. So it, it almost sounds like that relationship's really being built off of the forefront when it comes to better speech and having these sessions live and in person with your kid there. Absolutely. And I love that you're so engaged and I love the CEO of your child's education. I think that's a phenomenal analogy because as a teacher, as somebody who wants to help other people communicate, we want to communicate with the other people that are in that person's environment. And we want to share this information because ultimately it's to the benefit of the client or the child in this case. And that's why we're here. That's why we do what we do to be of service yeah, to it's, them and to help. It's, it's, it's so amazing because, it, it, again, it, it goes back to that point of being there, being ready, being structured. Because like you said, you may only have them for a half hour, 45 minutes. But then after that, what's what's the parent going to do? Like, oh, okay, they did great. Cool. Uh, I guess we'll wait till the next session. I, I don't really know what's going on. But it gives that parent more of an idea of like, okay, these are some things that we could work on. Okay, I saw what they were able to do. This may not be how my child acts 
when they're talking to you, they might talk to me this way. So it kind of gives that more two-way communication between everybody. You're like, okay, well, they act this way. So we could try these functional tips. And I'm sure you've probably run into situations like that in the past. Absolutely. And that's such a beautiful point because we get 30 minutes or 45 minutes, whatever the time frame would be with our client. But you guys are there, your parents, your guardians, your caregivers, you're there way more often than me. So it's helpful for us to be able to effectively communicate with you as the parent or as the guardian so that you know what they're doing, how they're doing, where they are and where they're headed. That's the ultimate goal is to is the ultimate goal is to resolve the situation, graduate. You don't need us anymore. <laughs> this is a phenomenal thing. And that being able to help parents and guardians understand where they are and how to get that carryover, how to make it functional in everyday life, because it's great to have the knowledge, but how do I apply it? And it's about applying what we learned. There was a great quote that said, um, having the knowledge and not applying it is the same thing as not knowing it. Yeah. I think that's like a Zig Ziglar quote. I remember hearing that quote and I'm like, but it's absolutely true. And I, mm-hmm. I, could, I could attest to this one today on the podcast. I have a ton of knowledge and absolutely nonsense. Do I apply it all the time? No, not at all. But I could tell you everything you need to know about absolutely nothing every single time. So yes, that's a hundred percent true. <laughs> you know, quite a bit. I do not doubt that. <laughs> So we're, we're talking about better speech. We're talking about all this. So let's, let's talk about the affordability aspect of that, right? Because I've looked into speech therapy. You know, we're, we're at that point in my, in my child's life where now at school, he's, he's going to get pre-screened for speech therapy and they, they offer that as school, luckily. But I've seen where speech therapy could cost $100 to like $300 a session. Mm-hmm. I mean, compared to like a traditional clinic or anything like that, like what is speech therapy at better speech compared to that? Other places. Absolutely. Yeah. So weekly, the rate, if you wanted to go week by week, it's 80 per session, or you can do 240 a month and massive bonus. You can use your, your, use your insurance because at better speech, we provide a super bill. So we will be able to give you the, the information that your insurance company needs to ensure that these services are covered. If your insurance provider is accepting of that. With the schools, so schools are phenomenal, especially when they can get in that early screening. Sometimes what can happen is if the student is getting taken out at a different time or the parent doesn't want them taken out because of any unfortunate associated stigma, that student doesn't get the care and the service that they need, unfortunately. So this is a really, really nice either supplement if they're already getting services or it's direct care as well because it's not always... You know, sometimes in a school, they'll only get 15, 20 minutes a week. Here, you might get 30 minutes if that's the recommendation, or you might get twice a week at 30 minutes, depending on what the recommendation is. And the other great thing is the parent or guardian, you can say, okay, yes, I would like 30 minutes. I'm in agreement with that. Let's proceed. And then you're getting a lot of support for that child or that student, wherever they may be in that communication component. That's absolutely amazing. So, I mean, you're literally talking about about half the cost, if not even less than what a traditional clinic would charge for a speech therapy session. Absolutely. It's incredibly affordable and convenient because now you don't have to get in the car, use the gas, go stop by, stop by there to grab a snack or anything like that. You know, it's, it's really that that's the mission is to help as many people communicate as we can in an affordable and effective way. That's what our mission is. So 
like, let, let me, let me ask you this. So like, what, what would the process be for somebody who's in that aspect and they want to go through better speech? And we, we always hear like waiting periods and, oh, you're stuck. You're stuck waiting six, seven, eight months sometimes for appointments. Like I, I have to myself. So what would the process be if somebody was looking at better speech and trying to go into that route? That's a phenomenal question about waiting periods. And absolutely in healthcare today, or even an outpatient clinic, sometimes you are waiting a really long time to get that appointment. However, with better speech, I'm very happy to report that we can actually get you matched within a day with wow. a clinician in your state. So for example, I am a board certified speech language pathologist and I am certified because I have my, my master's degree and I have, I'm certified. I can go to other states and work there without physically leaving my home. So I am actually certified in five states, certified wow. in Delaware and in Colorado and in a few other states. And because of that, other people have the convenience of getting the access that we provide, even though we're not in the same state. But because we're certified in that state, because we're licensed in that state, we have the ability to make sure that your insurance company is receiving that information from the appropriate state. You can't just go and practice in any state. You have to be licensed in that state. And that's a great thing because now we have multiple clinicians in states. So that way we are able to help more people. I think that's, I think that's phenomenal. I want to go back to the insurance aspect too, because I did not know, like when I looked at better speech and I was doing my research for this episode, I'm like, Mm -hmm. man, I'm like, this is pretty cheap. Like I was looking at the prices. I was seeing everything. I'm like, that's actually really damn cheap for what other speech therapies would call. And then you threw in insurance. I'm like, what? Like that absolutely (laughs) blew my mind away. Cause you, you think of like online services like that, where you're not going to have insurance or like you think of like a guy singer, cause we're both in the mm-hmm. same area or like a UPMC that, yeah, they're, they're a licensed hospital, medical facility, whatever. So they're going to do, they're going to do that insurancing. But like mm-hmm. you think of these online pay services, you're like, oh, okay, I have to do 80 bucks out front or like 240 mm-hmm. a month and then get those sessions, which still in itself is relatively cheap compared. Absolutely. So, so has that like given like a lot of stigmas where like parents are almost like, uh, I'm not sure because it's so cheap. Is it really going to be worth it? Is it kind of hokey? Like, have you ever ran into anything like that? I haven't actually run into um, I, I That's an interesting component. I haven't personally run into that mostly because I feel like when there when you need a therapy, when a service is, is involved, it's not McDonald's drive through. Here's 20 bucks and, and get get what I need really, really quickly. This is high quality care at an absolutely effective rate because that's our mission. That's what we want to deliver. And that's what the company is based off of, being able to provide that. And the fact that insurance is covered, especially with rising costs as wherever we go these days, the fact that insurance is able to provide that support is massive benefit. I think that's huge. And I, I really love the mission that you keep talking about with Better Speech is like trying to let other people speak along the world. And it, it's such a it, it's such a unique thing. So I, I want to really just dive in a little bit because we have a lot of new dads out there that are listening and maybe a lot of dads that have been around for a long time and they may not understand. What are some of the uh, like signs or symptoms that parents should be looking out for when it comes to speech delays or possible therapies? That's a great question. Things to look out for for speech delays. Absolutely. Especially with new dads and, and new parents where they're coming in this, we're in a completely different world than we were in in 2018. With the masks that were occurring, what was actually happening is, yes, we were absolutely protecting ourselves. 
We didn't know things that were going on that we know now. We're two years in covering all that. We were actually covering up a lot of facial cues, a lot of social engagement from our face and little ones, especially our ones and twos, you know, they're watching our mouths. They're watching our facial expressions. They're seeing how we communicate because we communicate so much non-verbally that it's really important that they see our face. So whenever you can, especially within the home, when you, when no masks are involved, have them really keep an eye on your face, have them, when you're talking to them, have them make that eye contact, especially these days with eye contact, because people are always so distracted. They have difficulty maintaining that eye contact. So really I'm having them understand we're engaged in communication. I'm looking at you. I'm listening to you. I'm, you're looking at me and I'm watching you and having that back and forth because that's so, so important, but also starting to look out for, especially these little ones, are they making sounds? If we go very, very back to the the beginning, there, when we go to talk, even at the, your child isn't going to usually come out with dad, dad, immediately. They're going to come right. out with, ah, 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 and they're playing. We call it vocal play. They're singing, singing songs. Songs is a great way to help stimulate that and engage that. Having that vocal inflection and making that play of communication is so important. So those are things you want to listen for. Are they starting to go? that you're really young ones. So new dads, listen closely. You're <laughs> eh, eh, e, e. Those little bursts of our vocalizations, that's them communicating. Is Does it make logical sense to our brains? No, to them. Absolutely. After a six pack of beer, that makes a lot of sense to me. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Building the, that communication. And then they start to, after those bursts, they'll start to string them together. ba 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 and you're string, stringing together consonants and vowels. So that's how they're building their language, that babbling. That's what we usually refer to it as. And then as they start to grow, then you're going to start to hear other sounds. They're, um, they're bees and they're, they're what we call bilabials. Those are our fancy, fancy names for that. But your M's, your P's, and your B's, that's where you're starting to see them bring their lips together. And they're doing that because they see you doing that. And they're like, oh, I can mimic this. This makes sense. I can go, mm, and they can do it back to me. And that's that early, early beginning. Those are the things that you want to listen for really closely. Are they playing with their voice? Absolutely. Super, super important. That's huge information. And I, I, for myself, and maybe you could elaborate this on a little bit further, but when our son was first born, we were big proponents. I think our doctors even told us that, or his doctor said this too, like continually talk to your child, mm -hmm. whatever they're doing, whether they're playing, whether they're eating, Hey, we're eating, blah, blah, blah. Like I was constantly speaking to my child mm -hmm. and now it's coming to a point where he's four and he's constantly talking to me. I'm like, yo, calm down. Like, let's back away a little bit here. Okay. But all jokes aside, it, 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 for me, it felt like that was a huge developmental thing for my son to be able to talk early, talk often. He heard our voices constantly. So that almost in a sense, in our minds, it allowed his development to kind of progress at a normal rate. I don't know Absolutely. if you could elaborate on that further. Absolutely. So when you're talking and when you're using, especially with the tones that you're using, not I have a train and it goes choo-choo, you're playing with your voice, you're narrating for them. And as you're talking to them, even though your, your one-year-old really isn't piecing a lot of it together, what you're doing is you're building that language component and that position that you had phenomenal recommendation. Keep talking. As you're talking, what you're doing is you're pouring language in constantly, telling them what they're doing, where they're going, what they're seeing. 
oh, we're going to get in the car and we're going to watch as we close the door and you, you're showing them close the door. And even though we logically can sit here and have this adult conversation going, my one-year-old has no idea I'm closing the door. <laughs> what you're doing is you're building that connection of this means close. This means open. This means I'm here. This means I'm hiding. And you're building that information, that language component. And as you're building it, they're pulling it in like a sponge. It's just absorbing right in. And that's a great thing because that's where their vocabulary comes from. We don't know. It's a train until somebody labels it. And because you're there to label it, you're there to explain what that train is doing. You're there to explain the sounds and the the items of whether it's the wheel or the horn or whatever the, the caboose, whatever the word is that you're explaining you're labeling, you're giving that child information, such valuable, phenomenal information. So absolutely keep, keep talking to your child, but also keep singing to your child is another great one. I think that's huge. Cause I want to, I want to go back on that point that you said, like a one-year-old has no idea. Like, okay, man, you're saying it closing the door. I don't know what that means. <laughs> like, give me food. Like, Mm-hmm. But it, it builds such a big thing because we we instinctively like we're logical, right? We're adults. We we have these massive developments, and we're saying to ourselves like they don't understand what we're saying until they hit that talking age of like almost two years. At that point, in my in my experiences, that's almost a little too late, or that that's where you're starting to see a lot of these issues come into play. Mm-hmm. I can definitely see it's it's when they're not starting to to communicate. Not that it's not not that it's too late. Give it up. But as in, keep going ahead of time. Right. New dads, keep building, keep working at it, even though you don't, even though, like we said, they don't know I'm closing the door. They have no idea what I'm talking about. And you can even say, child, you have no idea what I'm saying right now, but I love you anyway. And you're fantastic. <laughs> that was me. And, and we're going <laughs> to sing wheels on the bus, even though you have no idea what a bus looks like. You're just talking to them and you're building such a massive communication vocabulary for them, but you're also building such an amazing bond with them. And that is equally as important because they're understanding, oh, you're here, you're safe, you're effective, you're communicating with me. They can't verbalize that, but that's really what's happening at its core. You're bonding with them, you're connecting with them. And ultimately, as parents, as guardians, as fathers and children, that's what you're going for. You want that connection. That is why you have this little one. I think that is huge. Like you you take away the aspect of development for a second. It does lead to that emotional bonding with your child. Mm -hmm. I remember myself like I'm if you haven't guessed, I'm a pretty outspoken out person here. Like I I talk a lot and I have a lot of vomit coming out on a regular basis. So I was always talking to my child and always kind of like throwing these things together and singing to him. And now I tried singing when we went to the fair yesterday. He's like, Dad, stop singing. Like this is my this is not your favorite (laughs) song. This is my favorite song. Stop. I'm like, cool. Got it. But (laughs) you brought up a great point about the idea of bonding with your children. And I bring up the fact because a lot of us dads were were in this thought process where we learned from our dads growing up that, you know, we have different ways of bonding. You have to do the manly stuff. You have to do this. And like mom was the one always constantly bonding and talking with the kid and kind of growing with them. So I'm really curious in your over a decade of doing this kind of stuff. Have you seen those kind of things with parents, like especially within better speech or like the in clinic? Uh, persons and like the fathers and like kind of how do those generational traditions kind of go towards the speech therapy side of things? That's an amazing question. How do those traditions go with speech therapy? When people usually come to work with us, they want to be there. When that parent is there at an outpatient clinic or or on online, 
they want to be there. And they're usually asking appropriate questions because they want what's best for their child. Sometimes it can be communicated as, well, they're not doing this. They're not doing that. And it's mostly just that that person's really uneasy and they don't know how to ask. So when I do interact with people who might be a little bit firmer or a little bit stronger or, or, you know, like, well, why can't they do that? Whether it is a, a, a mother or a father coming off strongly, it's mostly they're terrified. They're terrified that their kid, that something's wrong and they can't control it. And the more that we can reassure them that they're okay, they're doing a great job. This is what it's about. This is the process. You know, nothing's going to be magically fixed in five minutes. It's okay. This is a journey, whether it's a quick journey or, or a slow journey, whatever the case may be, just constantly reassuring them that it's okay. Because as that parent, they're encountering something very new. There's something with their child and they're already nervous about it. And then they're usually wondering what other people are thinking about them as a parent. And that's really, it kind of really shakes people quite a bit. Like, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? It's not that you did anything wrong. This is simply something that we're working on and how to encourage people to say, okay, I didn't do anything wrong. Nothing's majorly wrong. There's no major critical situation here, but this is something that we want to address and being able to address it in a supportive manner, because usually they'll come to you in that state of intensity. And that's our job as, as people who are here to provide service, to offer them education in a comforting way that they can do it too, because that's what needs to be communicated to that child. They can do it too. I don't think you could have answered that question any better. <laughs> and I say that, but that was beautifully said. I, I've seen it myself growing up and I've seen it with so many other parents that I'm talking to today. The, the fear and the uncertainty of, did I do something wrong that my kid is at this point now? What, cause I, I'm a, again, I'm a firm believer that our goal as a parent, the overall goal of a parent is to give better to our kids than what we had growing up. Mm-hmm. But this is a lot of things like speech therapy is is a thing that we don't talk about as parents, as a collective. It, it becomes that embarrassing, almost judgmental, anxiety-ridden idea in our mind. And we say, oh, yeah, our kid's five years old and he's in speech therapy now. And they're like, oh, like, like you get the sense that like you did something wrong because you have a five-year-old that didn't develop the way they should have. And when in reality, I believe that we're given – there's nothing that you did wrong. You did everything right from what you were given and the tools that you have available. So being able to say like, Hey, there is nothing wrong here. This is a journey for all of us, right? My kid is going to develop a lot more different than your kid. And that's okay. That is a okay. Absolutely. I love that way that you said that that's what we were given. And this is what we're working with. And absolutely. And being able to say, you know what? Yeah. They're in speech therapy and you might get that panic. So if somebody had said to me, like, oh, this person's in speech therapy. For me to go, they're in speech therapy? Like, they're not intentionally judging and trying to come across in a judging way. It's literally the word vomit coming out because that thought gives them so much panic that now it's getting pushed onto you. And it's just this emotional situation of they're judging me, I'm judging me, and there's a whole lot going on rather than just, oh, okay, so great. That's phenomenal that you're getting the carry that you need. What are you learning? How can I help? What other information? Because the nice thing is that if somebody has told me this, probably need this information. 
and it's probably going to help other people I know. So that I think is just really, you know, trying to be more understanding of people where they are on their personal journey, where their child is on their personal journey and being just more understanding. Just understand. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Can I help? Like ever since, ever since I became a parent, it always feels like, oh, my kid did this, my kid did this. It, it almost feels like it becomes that competition of like, my kid's better than your kid. And we're going to figure out which way, who's better at yeah. who. And it, and in reality, it's not that way. Like I could sit here and say, my kid's the smartest kid on the absolute planet. But let me be honest. He has my personality and my outgoing spirit. I'm sorry, brother. I'm, I'm sorry, my son. But he's doing great, I'm sure. But exactly, there's so many things that he's doing really well at, and we're hearing that in pre-K, and we're hearing all these things. But again, there's developmental things that he's just not quite there yet, and we understand that. And you know, we'll bring that up and say, "Oh, he's doing this," but that might be a way to say, "Hey, there are some things, there are some tips and tricks that we have that could possibly help you." And I think by rephrasing tough emotional issues like speech therapy is a huge takeaway for people to actually break over those and have those difficult conversations. Yeah, absolutely. That's such a great way to say it. And, um, you know, and, and there is that, especially with social media, this Mm. one person excels at everything and they're phenomenal and they have no flaws whatsoever. And it's, (laughs) that's not the case. It's not the case. It's not because guess what? They're human. They're human. And unless they might be an alien of some sort, I mean, everybody's gonna, we're human. It's part of the experience. And, for them to, you know, for your your son to have this great personality and all this chatter, that's great. That's exactly what we want. Like, we can focus on that. And if it turns out that, you know what, I, I, I was terrible in math. I was awful in math. Oh, the stories of me in math. But, man, I can talk all day long and balance down. <laughs> Accounting was not my thing. Turns out speech is my thing. But that's okay. It just, this is where we excel in certain areas and other areas, not so much. We weren't designed that way. It's one of those things that I've always learned. It's like, you know, people always tell you to be that well-rounded individual. It's like, I don't believe in that. Like take your weaknesses, put them to the side, but work on the strengths, man, become stronger in something else that you're better at. And then you can teach other people along the way. It's like, like you said, I could talk all day. This is why I do what I do full time. Same with you. Same with you. Absolutely. There are people who aren't talkers, but they're phenomenal at solving problems and coding and putting things together. That's great because I need a computer. So thank you for succeeding at that because I can't do that. So thank you for being phenomenal at it. So let's let's take outside outside of the children range. Like, do you also work with like the the teens and like even dads out there that might need these kind of services as well? Absolutely. Uh, we work with people and especially at Better Speech, we work with everybody, whoever feels that they want to improve upon their communication. So. Sometimes I will have voice patients that are in their 60s that want to improve their voice. Maybe they don't sing as well as they used to, or their voice has changed and they don't like the quality of their voice. I have some patients that are also Parkinson's patients, and we get to work on that from a voice standpoint, but also from a understanding of what that neurological situation is going on and how they can maintain where they are and how they can keep the quality of their life going because sometimes you know especially with as as young dads which you are our parents are aging and some people aren't aging as gracefully as they wanted to and they're experiencing these other things like dementia or alzheimer's contacting better speech contacting a speech pathologist and understanding where that person is and how you can how 
you can help that me as a speech therapist, excuse me, help that client, but also how I can help that family. And we can start that conversation of, okay, this is where you are. This is where we can maintain. This is how we can help. Because looking down the pipeline at something very long-term can be very overwhelming. Mm. And we want to have people understand that there is help. Again, it's not something that's really talked about, which you raised a great point. These things aren't talked about. We usually have like a celebrity presenter of some sort that is the face of this. But we do we really know how people are treating it? What else is going on beyond the name, beyond the the basic information that you get in the head of an article and how help is actually available to you so that you can keep the quality of your life. I work with people who are swallowing patients who literally have difficulty chewing or swallowing and what's going on, how they can maintain that strength, how they can, where they are, how they can build back that strength and what else needs to be going on and what other safety precautions are in place. For, um, I, I actually do have um, a gentleman in his mid, somewhere between the, the 40s and the 50s, and I work with him on fluency when he's presenting to his company. Oh, wow. And that's, so it's not always that there is an impairment, but it's because somebody wants to improve upon their communication because they want to be able to stand there and present effectively Without the shake in their voice. And I absolutely had that. (laughs) I had, um, when I was in graduate school, I did not like presenting. I thoroughly enjoy presenting now. But when I was in graduate school, I had my two best friends sitting in the back of the room, cueing me to slow (laughs) down because I was a speed reader going into my presentation. And this 15 minute thing was, took me two minutes because I was trying to get back in my seat. But People want to present. They have important information to share with people and to be able to present in a confident manner where you're fluent, clear, where you're effective. That's what people want. And that's what we do. I love it. I absolutely love it. And the fact that you even said like, it's not just for impairments, it's because you want to get better at something else. You want to be able to rise to a next level of yourself and get through maybe that fear, that stage fright fear or that singing fear or just become better in some other aspect. And and then it becomes one of those things like, oh my God, like you know a friend who hasn't been able to speak in years. All of a sudden they go to better speech. They start presenting better. They're like, dude, what happened? Yeah. Like where did this come from? And then that starts opening up that dialogue. It starts opening up that conversation and it makes it more enjoyable and it makes it more relatable. Absolutely. And it's enjoyable. It's relatable. And, and it's so effective. And another one actually – which I did not learn about in graduate school, which was very interesting. Accent modification, which be given the fact that America has so many people coming in from so many different places, when people want to communicate, especially as you and I know in in the hospital setting, they want to communicate clearly and effectively. And if you're from another country, which is phenomenal, the fact that you can speak two languages is absolutely incredible. But they also want to communicate effectively so that people understand. So we also work on their accent to help them communicate more clearly. I love it. I I absolutely love it. So it becomes this all around in-purposing thing. Like, yeah, the main goal is to help help children or help people speak better through impairment. But we're also adding a secondary benefit by giving you more tools and more resources to really excel in something that you may not feel so comfortable with, but you really want to improve on. I absolutely love that. 
So we also talked <laughs> about it in the beginning that better speech is giving, basically helping children around the world speak in different ways. Can, can you give us a little bit as to what that means and kind of elaborate on that? Absolutely. So with because we're international, we are licensed in. So you don't just have a speech pathologist in the U.S. You have speech pathologists across the world who are communicating in other languages, helping other people communicate, which allows more people just to consistently communicate effectively, whether it's articulation or fluency or just building that language. Because there are so many people and our our goal as humans is to communicate. We have two reasons we have a mouth. One is to eat. The other is to communicate. That's what we're designed for. And the fact that we can do that internationally is incredible. And we're also able to provide care in so many other countries because of the care that we give here and because the the affordableness of our services. So is there like any charity events or like any donations that like Better Speech gives if somebody were to sign up for a service or anything like that? They do actually have a variety of um, support, not necessarily like a donation in that sense, but we do have a community where we're able to provide speech therapy services for free in other areas because it is it has gone internationally. Oh, that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. Now, let's let's take this because obviously it's been so affordable and you've given our listeners and you've even given me a ton of information to go off of today. Yay. Is there any type of like free resources because everybody loves that free? Give me that freemium. Is there any type of free stuff that Better Speech offers where they could kind of get more, kind of get some skills or tools where they don't have to speak to a licensed uh, clinician? Completely. We actually offer a 15-minute free consultation. So if you do have concerns and you want to just get an idea without signing up, if your child may be or your, your family member or you may be appropriate for it, you can always reach out to us at betterspeech.com where we offer that free consultation and you get to talk to a human, which is a great thing. Excuse me. Um, and then also with those free resources, I will make sure that we post them down in this um, podcast. And also yes. if you go to YouTube, we have a Better Speech channel where you will hear me talking about a variety of things, but you'll also hear my colleagues talking about so many things. And the great thing is, is that you can make this functional. This is these techniques, these approaches that we use, this information that we provide. It's not, oh, in two weeks, it's functional today. So just like we were talking about how to use language and what you're doing for narration. Um, one thing I really love to do is to encourage yeah, little ones because they're, they're oh so little and they don't have very much control we like to be able to give them options. So I actually will even say, you know, do you want this fork or this fork? And they can choose. And as I'm offering them, I'm labeling it. I'm making it functional in their day. Or should we sit at the center of the table or should we sit at the side of the table? As I'm making it functional, I'm telling them that's that functional component of applying it in each day. I'm telling them about the table, what we're going to sit down and do. I've given them the option. There's so many things going on when you're narrating for them and when you're giving them the choice. You're also asking them a question, which means they go, I'm important. I get to choose. And they get to understand that they have control over their environment as well, which is great. And even if they're going, eh, eh, instead of, no, I want to sit over here. That's okay, depending on where they are, but also trying to keep making it functional. Oh, should we wear this pajama set or that pajama set? Either way, we're getting in pajamas. And right. when you're having them do it, okay, you put it on. They're following directions. 
They're understanding my arm goes this way, my arm goes that way. And they're troubleshooting through it because there's so many times as caregivers were like, oh, I'll do it. I'm faster at it. But because you're saying here, do it, you're giving them the power to do it. You're letting them organize in a situation that they need to organize through consistently. They're practicing sequencing. They're practicing their mobility of how they're doing it. There's so many things going on that we really don't realize what's going on. We're just like, oh, we're putting on pajamas. But there's so many good things that are going on in that interaction. So that's how you make things functional for them. I, I love that. I think that's a huge takeaway in this, guys, is the functionality behind it all. Giving them the giving children the power like they, they are smarter than we tend to let on. And chances are they're probably smarter than you half the time. So let's be honest there, uh, myself included. But take that time and just give them that ability to say, like, give them that power. Say, OK, where where do you want to sit? Like my kid is big with dinner right now. Like, where do you want to sit? Bud? Do you want to sit by daddy or do you want to sit by mommy? And we give them that choice and we give them that ability to to use that to use that and say, oh, I want to sit by daddy today, or I want to sit by mommy, or I want this cup, or I want that cup. And you make it a game. You make it fun like we've talked about today, the, the functionality of things, the the ability to give them that choice and that power, and not just rush through it, because let's be honest, at the end of the day, they're going to grow up, and you're going to be like, damn, I missed a lot. I, I missed an absolute lot. So take a lot of what Lenora has said. Take a lot of what we've talked about. Check out betterspeech.com. It, it's super affordable. It's super great. The link for everything is going to be in the description of this episode. So you have no reason not to click on it. And Lenora, before we finish off today, is there anything else you want to add to our to our listeners? Um, anything that we might have missed that you really want to hammer home for them today? Reach out to us if you have questions. The, the biggest thing I find is that we have questions and we're afraid to, we don't know who to go to, or maybe I don't want to have to pay for something. Reach out to us. We are here for that reason. Ask questions. The more questions you ask, the more information you're going to get in general. This is kind of a rule of thumb in life. Ask questions, mm-hmm. but very specifically, if you're concerned about your child, ask the teachers. Call us up at, at our phone number and get us on the phone. And that way you can ask your questions and actually talk to somebody and not a robot. But you can talk to somebody and we can go from there. It's not a sales pitchy thing where you're we're going to rope you into six months and you'll never see your credit card again or anything like that. It's not like that at all. (laughs) I promise. But ask your questions because then you will feel better when you have the information. A lot of the time we're running around so fear based. What if this happens? What if that happens? Mm. But nobody actually gave me the answer. So I'm just making up a ton of stuff in my head. Ask questions. The more questions you ask, the more information you will get. And we're so happy to be of service. Reach out to us. That's huge. Ask the questions. Don't let your mind make up an answer for you that has absolutely nothing to do with what's going on because I have been there before and it doesn't work. It doesn't work. (laughs) So Lenora, I want to thank you very much for being on the show. It's an absolute honor to meet you finally to get this amazing content out for our listeners. Thank you so much from the bottom of our heart. Absolutely awesome. Thank you so much for having me and for having better speech. I truly appreciate it. It was an absolute pleasure talking with you. Guys, make sure you check out betterspeech.com. Links for those are in the description of the episode, as we said. Make sure you go out and share this podcast wherever you're listening to podcasts today. Give us give us some love. Give us some, you know, we're growing here steadily and surely. But make sure you share this. Give us a like, rate, and review wherever you're listening to podcasts. And until next time, guys, let's take it one step at a time, one day at a time, and we're going to rethink fatherhood. 